There are a variety of venture capital groups around the world. In 2016, OSF Ventures was launched with a goal of becoming a leader in the world of healthcare system-sponsored venture investment programs. As a strategic investor, we're bringing more, a lot more than just the, the capital that we put in. It's about the resources that the whole healthcare system has to offer. And I think that is very unique in the market today. That's Mayank Tanasia, Vice President of Venture Investments. And I'm Shelley Dankoff, your host of Health Accelerated, brought to you by OSF Healthcare. On today's episode of Health Accelerated, a deeper dive into OSF Ventures which is the corporate investment arm of OSF Healthcare. It invests financially, operationally, and strategically in opportunities with the potential to improve patient outcomes, enhance patient experience, and reduce the cost of healthcare. Joining me to discuss OSF Ventures are Mayank Tanasia, the Vice President of Venture Investments, and Liridon Rushai, Director of Venture Investments. Thank you both for being with me. Let's start with, I think people have this concept of venture capital groups and where they come from. But OSF Ventures has a little bit of a different approach to investing. Mayank, why don't you give us kind of that 64,000-foot view to get started on on what the philosophy is for investing? Sure, Shelly, and thanks for uh, once again having us here. Um, I think the philosophy always has been that, you know, like uh, there's innovation going on inside the system and then there's innovation outside of OSF happening as well. So, you know, when the Venture Fund was created uh, in 2015, the OSF board approved a $75 million allocation to invest into startups across medical devices, digital solutions, diagnostics, tech-enabled services. And, and the idea at that time always was that we are now starting to work with a lot of these innovative companies and to make this a more successful and a more sort of tight-knit partnership, we need to uh, think about how can we make uh, people's interests align a bit more. And, uh, you know, financial investment was one way of doing that. And so the uniqueness that OSF brings to the table is about, you know, where the capital is coming from and what capital uh, what and what are the resources that capital brings. So I think, uh, you know, as a strategic investor, we're bringing more a lot more than just the, the capital that we put in. It's about the resources that the whole healthcare system has to offer. Uh, and I think that is uh, very unique in the market today. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, it's a collaboration, isn't Liridon? So it's not just here's this and we're going to do that. Talk a little bit about how we look at it as a collaboration from everybody involved. We're very fortunate to be affiliated with OSF and have access to doctors, nurses, therapists, operational leaders that we can kind of check in with and, and see, you know, does this pass the sniff test? Is this a pain point that exists? And does the solution kind of seem to you that it could address that pain point? So very, you know, upfront in our process, what we'll do is we'll reach out to our SMEs to, to get that feedback. You know, if, if there's positive SMA feedback upfront, then we'll do a deep dive discussion with the, the SMAs and the leaders of the startup. And then if that continues to kind of have positive SMA input, that's when we'll make a decision in terms of kind of whether or not we want to pursue uh, the investment opportunity and in, in our due diligence process. But yeah, no, absolutely agree. You know, it's very much a partnership with our spas. Uh, it's also a partnership with our you know, OSF innovation side. You know, there's deals that kind of come our way from different directions, including from our OSF innovation. So it might be something that may have been approached in terms of a pilot, but there is a fundraising opportunity. So, you know, very much kind of tied at the hip um, and the way that we're 
that were structured also helps support that. So, you know, we are a little unique. Uh, the OSF Ventures teams reports up through the Chief Strategy Officer within our orgs. It's the OSF innovation function. Um, so we've got, you know, internal kind of innovation, external innovation piloting. So, you know, everyone's under the same roof and there's cross collaboration across. I'm guessing some people listening, their idea of going before a venture capital group is Shark Tank. That's what mm -hmm. you see on TV. And here's everybody lined up in the chairs and you're going to walk in and make your pitch. Walk me through the process of how the OSF Ventures approach is different and what people can expect along the way if they wake up tomorrow morning with some great idea and want to go down this road. Tell me how that works. Not many people, uh, like if you talk to them, are familiar with the word venture capital, right? And, and so they don't know. And um, apparently I, you know, uh, present to the, the M1, M2s at uh, the UE Comp every year. And uh, when I ask, uh, do you guys have a, an understanding of what venture capital means? And, and not, I don't see many hands going up. But when I say, like, uh, have you guys seen Shark Tank? <laughs> and, and then, you know, everybody has. And so uh, and I, the way I explain it to them is this is a much more refined version of a Shark Tank. So, you know, we're not uh, making bets uh, at, the, at the, you know, the presentations that we see for five minutes. It's a long process. Our investments all, overall have to have some strategic value for OSF, right? So that's the box number one that we have to check. So, uh, and to do that, as Lerdon sort of mentioned it earlier, we have to reach out to people within OSF. And uh, once we take the intro call on the startup side, the next logical step is to go back to somebody within OSF. Let's say if we are looking at, um, you know, something which is more towards data and analytics. Uh, maybe Mark Kohulin and his team are the ones uh, that would be the subject matter experts on that particular opportunity. So we reach out to people uh, who would be the best, uh, you know, experts on that topic. Uh, see if the solutions that that we are looking at, the solutions that we are looking at, uh, make a sense. Uh, you know, make sense in terms of fitting with what they're doing, where they're going in the next three to five years. You know, what benefits would they bring? Uh, these technologies bring to OSF. Um, you know, and. Uh, does it fit the mandate, right, overall from a strategic value perspective? I think it's the first thing that we try to uh, clarify. And then we have a pretty detailed sort of, you know, business diligence process. Uh, we've got six people, including the two of us here on the team. And, uh, you know, the startups have a pretty detailed list of items that they provide us and uh, materials and, uh, you know, go through a typical diligence process that, you know, from day one, if you look at to when we make the decision, it could take anywhere between 60 to 90 days for that process to conclude and to complete. And then we have a formal venture committee comprised of seven members. Then we present our recommendation finally to that committee to approve in any investment, I would say. What are some of the key technologies that we're looking at? Is there something specific is there a specific yes or no for projects coming in the door? We take a top-down and a bottom-up approach to kind of thinking about kind of what investment opportunities we should be looking at. So top-down in terms of kind of the source lines and kind of the strategic plan that they go through and kind of what are priorities for them in that year and kind of informing our process as well as bottom-up in terms of if we're seeing activity in certain kind of sectors and certain technologies, right? ChatGPT and all of that is kind of top of mind these days, right? So that comes up quite a bit. So, you know, those bottoms-up kind of ideas we'll bring up to, to the fore as well to see if people are thinking about them. So it kind of depends on kind of, you know, the service line and what they're looking for. Uh, you know, we're very active with uh, the neurology service line. We made an investment in a remote EEG company last year. I'm very active in the, in the cardiology space as well. We just closed an investment in the chronic heart failure space. 
Um, so, you know, kind of depends on the service line and kind of what they're looking for. There's obviously also opportunities outside the service lines in terms of more broadly, right? Hospital at home, care at home is, is, is a major focus area for us. So thinking about technologies that kind of help enable that at home care. Obviously, you know, everyone's still experiencing across industries, not just within health, right? The labor shortages and that continues to be kind of top of mind. So it just depends on whether it's service line specific or not. And then kind of outside of that service line focus, those other areas. Were the things we went through with the pandemic that ramped up in the venture space during that time or that it might have been brewing down below the surface that got escalated higher because of the pandemic? We had to put two hats on as like, like a venture team, I would say like one, you know, what does it mean to the healthcare system? Like I know like there were many people looking at it, but uh, you know, how could we support those teams who are working through this pandemic, right? I mean, we had the command center set up at Jump. And so what would they need? What can we provide in terms of uh, digital offerings that would be of, uh, you know, real value during the pandemic? So we, we worked with a lot of those teams to uh, come up with solutions that were probably of, uh, you know, uh, necessity at that time, you know, we were going more digital, less uh, in person at that time. So, you know, uh, that was the one hat. The other hat was that we have made investments in these companies. And what does the pandemic mean for these companies? You know, how would they sell to healthcare systems now? You know, what does it mean for a device company is different than what does it mean for a digital health company? Maybe the digital health company is still able to sell, but the device company cannot get its rep on in the hospital system now. So I, I think it was a great learning experience. None of the entrepreneurs had gone through something like this before. And so, you know, it was a first for every and each one of us. We put on these two hats, guided the companies through this sort of experience as to how they can manage cash, how can they can how they can still sell to their respective buyers. And there was uh, reliefs that were set out by the government. How can you apply for those grants to to keep these businesses afloat if if you wanted to? And then on the hospital side, as I, like I said, you know, the care at home team all of a sudden, which from an idea became a reality, right? They they went live with the COVID at home pro, uh, project. And, uh, you know, what could we do to support them? You know, like of technologies we knew are wearables and can be used at home, platforms that are already being deployed at home. So our relationships were very much tapped into and uh, were being used to help teams that were looking at providing care at home during COVID. So I would say, you know, uh, again, um, it was our first. It was a first for, for a lot of the CEOs. And uh, working through that, uh, it was a great learning experience, I would say, for all of us. Yeah, we had, because we worked with Giant, mm -hmm. one of the companies. So if anybody goes to the OSF Healthcare website, you'll see Claire. Claire pops up, asks, and helps to access care, asks a few questions. That came out right before the pandemic. So that's another one of these companies that we worked with to get that moving along, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, Giant, again, like is a great example. Uh, we, uh, you know, OSF Innovation and OSF Ventures first met with the company back in, I would say, 2015 or 16. Kept the conversation going. The company was very young at that time. Two entrepreneurs from Germany had just moved over and uh, founded this company called Giant uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, and, and then they wanted to focus on consumerism. They wanted to focus on how can we make the, the hospital, you know, system website more interactive, more supportive for the patients. A lot of time patients get lost when they are accessing the, the hospital website. And, and so their idea was that how can we bring like a more refreshing experience to the, to the navigation piece of what a healthcare system website provides. 
And, uh, you know, uh, the whole wave of uh, digital front door was coming at that time in 2018-19. We were seeing a lot of healthcare systems putting a lot of emphasis on that uh, particular topic. And again, like like always, OSF has been on the cusp of innovation. We had already started this process with Giant as the final solution of choice and going live with it. And come March 2020, COVID hits, and uh, you know we we go live with Giant and create this. I would not say. I mean, I'm I'm not 100% sure if it was the first bot that went live, but it certainly was one of the first bots on a hospital system went uh, you know website that went live, triaging patients who could be uh, you know suffering from COVID, and you know even the navigation piece was so important at that time. As you might remember, there was so much confusion as to who would be tested, who would not be tested. Uh, where should they go? Like, is the urgent care the right facility? Or like, do we need to reach out to a, a specific office or go to the ED? And so I think that was another sort of example of how digital sort of, uh, you know, enablement and digital solutions helped us. And uh, later on in that journey with Giant, uh, you know, in, in late 2021, we became comfortable with the overall business. As I said, like, uh, you know, checking the box on the OSF side was always important. But then, with the overall business, we became uh, more comfortable, you know, believed in the team, the traction that they had in the market, and, uh, you know, spoke to multiple healthcare systems who had used the product, finally made an investment in 2021 in the company. And here we are today. It's still moving yeah. forward. So some of the other numbers to look at as we're talking about this. So OSF Ventures has investigated more than 1,500 companies. Uh, it's a $250 million in assets under management. The portfolio includes 19 active investments and 10 exits. So while those numbers sound big, you have to remember those are seven years. So this is a slow process. So we've investigated 1,500 companies along the way. While that sounds like a lot, that's really not a ton, is it? It depends on the kind of perspective you take. I mean, you you see... You, with 1,500, even less, a couple hundred, you start seeing similar trends, themes, right? Kind of nuances of, you know, s- companies approaching the same space in different ways. So you start to be able to kind of tease out those those trends. And that's kind of the, the key thing is being able to see those trends that are kind of up and coming to to bring to to the fore in terms of um, our leadership and kind of different uh, spas that we want to kind of, you know, validate whether these trends are resonating and what, you know, whether they see kind of opportunity to bring them into the system. Very fortunate to kind of sit in, this, in the seat that we have. You know, we're meeting a lot of brilliant entrepreneurs, you know, CEOs, founders who are doing some amazing things. Even if it's not a good fit for us, um, leave the door open for them to come back as things progress. They might, they might be a little too early, you know, to come back and check in with us as things are kind of milestones are being hit, uh, prog- progress is making, being made and kind of, you know, for the next fundraise kind of thing. Is there a company that stands out to you that maybe early on came in and you went, hmm, not going to work now, but maybe dot, 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 and then they came back around and they ended up being successful through the process or they got closer on the process? I can think of a couple. I would say like the one that comes to top of mind is a company called CityBlock. They had this idea of, uh, you know, serving people in their homes back in the day when, you know, again, like. COVID was not around and uh, care at home had not taken so much precedence. But unfortunately, at that time, you know, they were just serving the market of New York City mostly. And uh, so we thought, you know, strategically, this would not you know, fit our mandate. And then all of a sudden, the company received so much success and so much sort of adoption from 
in the New York market. And then all of a sudden during COVID, everybody wanted to transition to home care and care at home. And, and uh, the company all of a sudden became like a unicorn, which is a, a billion dollar valuation if you if you want to you know come to VC terms. Uh, and uh, there was no opportunity for us to invest <laughs> invest at that time because now they had uh, reached a point where this was too big of an investment for us to make. So, uh, you know, I, I think there are, uh, I would say, opportunities like that that do exist. If you look at the behavioral health area, you know, there are opportunities in the, uh, I would say, opioid overdoses and opioid control, uh, you know, virtual opioid uh, uh, sort of control areas where, uh, companies do often start outside of the state of Illinois, but uh, we we cannot find a good strategic fit because it would not be serving our markets, right? But the company has uh, a good sort of uh, mission, vision, team, uh, and traction. Uh, the only thing that we cannot check off at that time is the strategic fit. So uh, a lot of those companies, like if they were starting in Illinois, I think we would have made a bet on those. And I think uh, it would have been, and they're doing really well. So I would say a couple of examples would be, uh, you know, companies in that space as well. Talk me through the pilot process on how that would work for a potential investment or company. In our process, we don't require an active contract, right? We require some sort of line of sight to partner with a company that could take a lot of different forms. Pilots, pilots, one of them. And um, as we're going through our process, you know, we look for that kind of positive interest uh, to, to potentially kind of pilot something ultimately. If they're a little too early, that's fine, right? Maybe it's just clinician feedback up front, but, you know, ultimately kind of looking to pilot and bring them into the ecosystem. Because for us, it's, it's not just about the investment, but it's about bringing them into the ecosystem at OSF. And so, you know, in terms of getting them in the door through a pilot, right, we're very closely partnered with our OSF innovation side and kind of you know, helping um, partner with them, understanding kind of what the program managers, what's the need, what's the scope, right? It's very important to kind of, right, figure out the scope of the pilot, figure out the right site for a kind of, right, senior leadership who's going to be kind of bringing it in, right, buy-in, and then kind of, you know, ultimately the the execution of, of the pilot and then um, measuring it, right? The metrics that you're going to be kind of, you know, um, looking for uh, impacting as, as a part of the pilot launch. And, you know, as a, as a part of any investments, right, those are two separate kind of legs, I guess, that I, I would say the investments in the piling side, right, the piling side also has to stand on its own. There have been pilots that, you know, maybe the initial kind of outcomes weren't uh, kind of up to snuff, but you kind of approach it differently or try another pass at it and kind of ends up working out then, then kind of ultimately leads to a, you know, paid contract kind of thing. So, you know, it can take a lot of different forms, but, you know, the ultimate goal is to bring them into the ecosystem. We never want to, uh, you know, get this idea out that just because we made the investment, we have to pilot the solution, right? I mean, we, it, it should be the other way around, actually. Like, if you like something today at OSF that you're working with, an innovative solution, get it to our attention, and maybe there's an investing opportunity, right? Uh, so, like, if there are things that have worked well, uh, which do you, you think there's an investment opportunity, uh, maybe they're worth sharing with us because we can look into it. We can see if that fits our mandate from a business point of view. You've already checked out the strategic point of view as a user. And so always looking for such solutions. I mean, digital diagnostics is a great example, uh, you know, of uh, a platform that has autonomous AI to do diabetic retinopathy. Like uh, we introduced uh, the company to the innovation side first. They went through their process, introduced it into the, our primary care offices, started with eight sites, went and uh, you know expanded the contract to 32 of our offices right now, and uh, and then we after seeing the success internally, uh, you know with the pilots and the expansion, 
uh, we got comfortable when there was an opportunity to invest and invested into the company. So again, like it could go both ways. We sometimes invest first and pilot later, or you can see the results of the pilot and then invest later. What does this mean for you to be involved in ventures and that idea if somebody walks in the door and you kind of like the light bulb going off in your head? Are there's those moments in your days where you sometimes walk away going, okay, that was really cool? I'm a clinician by training, so clinician at heart still. Uh, I try to see myself as somebody who is trying to solve a problem of a caregiver or a patient today, even today. And I, by not being in, in the frontline care sort of setting, uh, I cannot do that directly. But indirectly, this is one of the ways where we can support our caregivers, right? Uh, whether it is the caregiver at home, uh, caregiver in the hospital. Uh, you know, we think of technologies, we look at a lot of cool stuff, but eventually what works is the, the solution that will get adopted. And, and so we are thinking through the lens of, um, you know, a frontline nurse or a frontline clinician uh, as to if this technology will make sense for them. Will they use it? So those are some of the questions you have to ask. You know, there there's a lot of stuff going on with AR, with VR, but, you know, would a surgeon doing his surgery wear those goggles or not, I think, is the basic question that you have to ask sometimes. I, I think at the end of the day, you know, if you see any solution being successful, it's it's about people, it's about process, it's about technology. And so we, we have to think in those three terms and then, in, you know, coming together holistically as a solution. Well, one of the reasons that I got involved in, in healthcare is the the impact that you can make uh, in patients' lives, and even within healthcare, you know, I've worked in different sectors, and I think you know the provider kind of sector is the the most impactful, just because of the proximity to the patient. And you know, we're very fortunate; we we get to see a lot of different kind of technologies, offerings, and the like. And even if even if we don't invest, right, it's it's still great to just learn about these opportunities from these brilliant entrepreneurs, founders, and you know, who knows, you know, they might be applicable kind of in the future kind of thing. So, you know, you see it five years before it often comes to fruition. But, you know, there have been also scenarios where maybe something didn't resonate with me initially, but then I speak to a doctor, nurse, therapist, what have you, and, you know, they kind of point out the nuances. I'm like, oh, okay, I did not have an appreciation for that. But, you know, at first it may have not kind of, you know, stood out, but then afterwards you're like, okay, I get this now. And then you kind of move forward with that opportunity and kind of going through our process. It still has to be neat where you saw something come in the door and then all of a sudden it's an exit and it's a successful exit. And you go, yeah, we were involved in that. And that's still got to be pretty cool. Current Health is a great example of one such exit where like, you know, we were uh, very much in conversations with our on-call team uh, when they were looking for an advanced uh, sort of RPM platform, remote patient monitoring platform to take care of the, uh, the our more acute patients, our high acuity patients who would be dealing with CHF and COPD. And, uh, you know, we, we made the investment in the company in March of 2021. In September, we found out, we find out that Best Buy is now set to acquire the company. So it was like a you know a six month hold for us, uh, which is the shortest hold that uh, you know I've come across at least in my career. And uh, you know, so financially, it produced great results because you know in a very quick amount of time we get a nice ROI. And uh, you know, and on a strategic level, that program is live. The platform is live, and now delivering care to our advanced RPM program, 
um, and uh, uh, solution of choice uh, for our on-call team right now. You see them come in and you see them go in a very short amount of time, but the the, the strategic aspect lives on, right? I mean, the, the platform lives on here at OSF. So if somebody is sitting out there and now their wheels are churning because they're listening to this, or they think, gee, I have this idea. First of all, the advice to them is what? Because we were talking before we started, you know, push the buttons to go live here, that if it's a pain point for one clinician or health system, it's probably a pain point for other ones out there. So if you have this idea on how to make something easier, what should somebody do who is listening to this? I think there's there's different kind of avenues to to get in touch with with us or other kind of hospital based investors, right? Uh, we we do have our online web submission portal, um, but you know there's also different conferences that we attend. Um, there, there's different kind of organizations, incubators that we keep in touch with on a regular basis. So you know we 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 definitely are out there in terms of you know, you know being able to make ourselves kind of available to listen to pitches. You know the intro call is 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 a very kind of uh, you know initial call to just learn more. You know the the stage that you can be at, you can be you know, ready for us. We're series A and series B focused, but you can also be earlier. That's fine too. On top of that, like there are companies who have worked with academic medical centers like Stanford, Harvard, Yale, and, and UCSF. And, but they they have a different sort of way of working rather than uh, an OSF. And, and so, you know, sometimes uh, solutions that have worked at Stanford and Harvard not necessarily work at OSF or systems like OSF. So I encourage people, you know, CEOs of those companies that if you want your product to be successful, it should be able to serve rural America, community-based hospitals. And and so that's one point that a lot of people don't realize. And uh, when they come to present to us uh, or, you know, a system like OSF, they see the differences of what the population differences are, what the maybe the clinician differences are, and uh, you know the, the available resources are so for so their solution to be successful i think they just have to realize that you know your solution has to work across america and uh, you know it doesn't it cannot just rely on one market well it's a fascinating conversation and so if people are interested the place to find more information to be able to submit something osfventures.org that'll get you started that'll get you to myanktanasia and liradon Rushai, thank you for being with me and just talking about a very fascinating subject as we look to have a greater impact on healthcare all across Illinois and across the country. Yeah, thank you so much, Shelley. It was our pleasure. Thank you. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can also find links to any of our episodes on the OSF Newsroom at newsroom.osfhealthcare.org.